Good morning, good evening, and good night, my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I'm producer Dan, and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. Each week she tells us stories, answers our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality. And this week she's going round for round and pound for pound with everyday person, grade school teacher, longtime hedonist, kink lifestyle explorer, lifetime Midwesterner, and recent Michigander, KC. Hey, KC. Hey, Dan. And hey, Nassim. Hey, Dan. Hey, KC. Hello. Man, it's great to have you here. Yeah, so excited um, to have yet another guest on the pod and a special guest too, a personal friend, friend of the podcast. So this will be a great show, I think. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Good. Oh, thank you for being here. And thank you for putting up with all of our technical difficulties at the start of the show. As always, every week, it's always a cluster, but we get it done. Indeed, we do. Yep. So, Casey, uh, just want to get a little started. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about, um, like, tell us a little bit about yourself, but how long have you been uh, exploring the kink world? What got you involved? What got you interested? Oh, great question. I think that I've always been a very sexual person. I um, I identify as bisexual. I've known that basically my entire life. When I turned 18, you know, we had a, a path to, to follow and the path that I was led down by family and religion and everything else is wait till you're married. And I became an 18 year old and said, I can do that or I can not wait. And I was like, I'm not waiting to figure this out. And so the summer of my 18th year, um, I started having sex and really enjoying it and figuring out what what was going on. Were you aware of your bisexuality at that point or and or were you I, just like experimenting and figuring it out? Um I've always been attracted to women actually. I kind of came into my bisexuality backwards. I really wanted to be a lesbian and could not figure out how to do that and still enjoy having sex with men as much as I do. And so, and so um, when I was 18, the opportunity to explore sex with women was, was not as easy as it is today, obviously. And, um, but I, but I did, um, I was 19 or 20 when I met, uh, a couple and kind of entered into a relationship with them, um, that was sexual in nature and, um, enjoyed that and kind of hung out and did that for five or six years um so, so I, you were like the third member of this i was a unicorn thruple. you were a unicorn in a thruple yes yes I, I i wouldn't call us a thruple um they had an established relationship and i played with them um but we didn't we well, we were friends. We we were a good friend group, but like we never lived together. We never, you know, uh, established some sort of group relationship. It was just mostly just play and friendship. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I, after that, I just, not after that, but during that whole time period, I was just like, what do I like? What is exciting? What do I want to get into? Um, did a little bit of DS dynamic in the thruple, <laughs> the non-thruple thruple. Can you explain a little bit about what that means to you, like a DS dynamic? Sure. I know some um, people have different opinions about it and different experiences. I'd like to hear a little bit about what you are comfortable sharing about your experience in that dynamic. Sure. Um, I explored uh, my sub submissive side um, with both of my friends being more dominant. And so it was kind of a, a service and sex dynamic. And it, it was, it was all part of play. It was exciting. It was fun. I was there to, to give. And as a result, I also had a whole lot of fun. It wasn't really formal in the DS dynamic. It like there wasn't ritual or, um, there's, I mean, there's so much. There's positions and um, protocols, and it was not so much like that as much as it was. We're not talking like old guard. No, no, no. So, um, a little bit more informal. Was there punishment involved? Um, yes, but that was also like impact play and part of part of the fun. I mean, it was it was role play. Um, mm -hmm. not necessarily punishment. Like you're not writing lines or no. being forced to do things like that. It was more like punishment, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, exactly. I'm a big, I, <laughs> I'm a big fan <laughs> of punishment myself. I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. I like punishment. That sounds. I like. That's the first time I've heard that word. I'm into that. No way. <laughs> I was I was avoiding it because I feel like it's so cliche. But uh, yes, I think it's cute. Okay. I learn a lot here. We approach this podcast as sort of like a beginner's or an intro to kink and sexuality. Basically, it's just Nassim explaining real basic shit to me. <laughs> okay. All right. I gotcha. So, so yeah, no, no true protocols, not old guard, a lot of BDSM exploring. Okay. So you were in relation in that relationship or in that... Uh, dynamic for five to mm -hmm. six years so like your mid-20s yeah. yep um and at that point in time I was going to school and um at the junior college and then I went away to college and when I went away to college that that wound down because I was in a different city um I didn't lose touch with them until after I got married but um when I was at college, I did college. I did college the way that you hear about people doing college. I was like, uh, and I was a non-traditional student, so I was generally a little older than a lot of the students. And I had fun with that because there are a lot of virgins in college that don't want to be virgins anymore. And so that was a new You had your pack. pack. I did. I did. So sounds like you were doing the Lord's work. I <laughs> Absolutely, hundred percent. In good for you. In the middle of the Bible Belt, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a special person! Yeah, yeah, I was. I had lots of options. Um, 
and I did. I had fun. So you said you got married. Yeah. I came back from college and I was like, okay, now's the next part of life. So I'm going to get married. And in 2003, I got on Match.com before everybody, you know, before there were apps when there were just websites. Hey, that's when I went on an internet date. Yeah? Just in 2003? Once. Something like just that. <laughs> yeah. From Match.com. There you go. There you go. Well, I was a Match.com success story in 2003. We got married in 2005. Um, he was vanilla. He was vanilla and not interested in exploring anything. And because I chose this path that was very much societally acceptable, I let that go. And that was a mistake, but it's a mistake that I'm rectifying. Um, I left my marriage after 16 years last summer and that's complicated, but I think everybody's life is messy. But uh, my therapist told me not to date for six months. And I listened to what my therapist tells me ever since she told me it was okay to lie to my mother. And, <laughs> and so now uh, six months happened to be up in December. And just since December to now, I have had a fucking great time getting back to life. So what was that transition like for you? Um, going from being kind of seated in the lifestyle to now transitioning to a vanilla marriage and then kind of back into it after 16 years. Was that difficult? Was there a lot to relearn? Was the scene different? Like what, what was the same and what changed and how did you deal with that? Um, and did you have to update your Match.com profile? Yeah. <laughs> that is a great question. I should look for my fucking Match.com profile because I'm sure it's somewhere deep out there. But no, I'm I'm not on Match. There's other apps. Um, well, that's a great question. I'm going to do that now. All right. I thought when I entered my relationship that I would lead him into the darkness. And we all do. <laughs> I know, right? It's, you know, they say you should not ever expect anybody to change, but then you do. But um, so our marriage was an open marriage. And I, that was something I insisted on because I had a whole lot more experience than he did. And he was just, you know, okay. Um, and we had a couple of experiences, a couple of threesomes. We met up with another couple one time and it was fun, but it wasn't something that he was like, let's do this all the time or let's, you know, let let this be part of our relationship on the regular. Eventually, you know, I let go of that uh, hope. So so it the transition was over a couple of years and then and then relationships, relationships change and they get they get interesting and they get messy and. Um, I could have left a whole lot sooner than I did, but um, circumstances didn't warrant it. And then when the time came to leave, he wasn't surprised. And and I just took off from there When once I got out on my own. And once those six months were up, as I listened to my therapist, over December, I, I have uh, what I call my 10 days of Tinder. I was talking to uh, my friends and and. My intention after leaving my marriage from with a man, my intention was not to be in relationship with men anymore. Um, I wanted to be able to explore 
my interest in relationships with women. Um, most of my friends are lesbians. It, it's just a lifestyle that I, and a community that I have been a part of. If not, you know, we could have all kinds of discussion about the perspective on, on bisexuality. But um, yeah, so I decided I wanted to look into relationships with women. So I got on an app, I got on her to start that search. And then, um, but I was talking with my friends over Christmas and I was like, but you know what? I really miss having sex. And I haven't had sex. It's like, it's like, you don't really want to have to like go through the whole rigmarole of getting to know somebody just, you know, because just to have sex. And, and so they were like, well, you know, do your relationship search on your relationship search website app and and then just get on tinder and play and i was like oh my god my friends just gave me permission and then they got worried because like three days later i wasn't sleeping and i was up texting or sexting all night and i was meeting my third guy and it was awesome the sexting work for you um i really enjoy it i don't get off on it i do it hoping that whoever i'm sexting with is getting off you know, it, it gets hot and, and I enjoy it, but I usually don't masturbate while I'm I don't know if anybody does. <laughs> I, have this, I have this belief, this this belief that people who sext think that the other person is getting off, uh-huh. but no one actually is. It's all just a ruse. It's just, it's, it's just role play, but nothing is actually happening. I firmly believe that. I have never masturbated while sexting. <laughs> And I don't know if anyone else has either. I think that your thesis is probably strong, but at the same time, it's like the whole mindfuck thing. It's the reason that people like erotic literature, you know? It's I don't think a whole lot of people are reading romance novels masturbating either. That you just get all excited and then you go find some other way to release. Well, it's the same for me for sex. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And if I'm you don't always get your endorphins and dopamine rush just from organs. I find all the ways. <laughs> find all of the ways. That's like that's that. my goal. That's my hedonism. <laughs> so did the scene change? I don't know if I can consider myself in the scene when I was younger. I was I was in a relationship that, you know, could be considered all that, but like when I think of the scene, I think of the fact that now there are there is like community at your fingertips whatever you want whatever you're looking for you can if you're looking for anonymous sex and hookups you can find that if you're looking for group sex if you're looking for play parties i mean the whole play party thing is something that i have not explored that i'm really excited about because my list of kinks is off but you know public play group play it's and the fact that there's private clubs and everybody shows up for munches to get to know each other. And I love it all. So during the pandemic, none of that was happening for you, or was it? During the pandemic, I was the primary caregiver for my mother-in-law who was dying of cancer. And I successfully kept that woman alive through COVID. She never got it. Um, Miracle of Modern Medicine kept her alive for 20 months longer than she would have been. Um, so my pandemic, and then I also had two kids that I was homeschooling. So my pandemic was asexual. <laughs> there was not a whole lot going on there. Different kind of the Lord's work, but sounds, sounds like you were still pretty busy. 
Yes, very busy. Very busy. And now? <laughs> um, and now, and now what? And now I am in a partnered relationship with my soulmate who I found on my searching for a woman relationship app. We had our first date on January 15th. And in true um, lesbian relationship, she moved in <laughs> officially the 30th of April and we're living together. I remember having, for the listeners and for Dan, uh, the soulmate that Casey is talking about is a very good friend of mine. Nice. <laughs> and, and I remember having the U-Haul conversation <laughs> very early on. <laughs> When they started talking <laughs> as a joke, it was a joke. I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna run to U-Haul now." And the next thing I know, she's moving in, <laughs> and she moved across okay. the state. Like she didn't move into my house down the street. She moved across the state. So like it was a big fucking deal and best decision I ever made. Um, nice. Well, Good. I'm glad it's working out. If she drives you crazy, you can always just kick her out back to me. It's fine. <laughs> I'll forgive you. <laughs> you know what's really great is that she's sitting right here next to me and she thinks that she's teasing me because, but she can't hear because I've got you on my headphones. So she has no idea what we're talking about. And it's amazing right now. Um, and now she's like, what's so happening? Um <laughs> Yeah, so that happened. And then when I got into relationship with her, um, I said, hey, look, I have never been monogamous. And that was something that was on her um, profile was that she was looking for monogamous. And I said, I've never been monogamous. And I am a strange duck. And I do not have the same level of need of intimacy in relationship when it comes to sex and again my soulmate she accepted me where i was and for who i am and my therapist again who is so important in our life everybody needs a therapist i talked to her about the fact that i want reassurance from my partner that the choices i'm making and the lifestyle that i'm living is she's okay with it, that, that she knows what's going on and that she's not having, you know, it's, it's not realistic to expect her to not have feelings of jealousy. Jealousy is a natural feeling, but that we work through it, process it, um, figure out where it's coming from or what it means and, and then go on from there. Um, in the meantime, I, <laughs> I have, I've been exploring and I, I like the idea of, meeting new people and giving pleasure and receiving pleasure. I mean, if it wasn't, if it wasn't, if it wasn't good for me, I wouldn't be doing it. That's a really good philosophy to have, I think. Yeah. And that goes back to that hedonist mentality as well. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, are you still seeking that DS dynamic? Is that something that's still important to you? It is. It is. And that that's actually my experience. Um, so around the same time as I met my partner, I met a man who was from a city that was like two hours away. And he, uh, I, I, did, I did not find him on FET. I found him on Tinder, but he, his Tinder profile 
probably said two things. It probably said that he was married and it probably said something about being adopted. Then when we started talking and I, we, we were texting first. So, and, and I was interested in looking for Adam and he was like, what is your experience? And so we just started having that conversation and I lucked out because this man, it was an experienced and dominant human who did engage in protocols and did engage, he, I, you know, old guard is a thing and I, I'm not deep enough into the lifestyle to speak, you know, as if I was a professional on what old guard means and doesn't mean, but like, it's all play. It's all play. It's all a role. It's all, and some people play the role 24 seven and that's how they want to do it. And some people play the role just in sex or just in where their relationship is. And yeah, he, he was amazing. And I just so happened to be able to drive through his town a couple times a month. And so we made that work for a little while. And he set, he set a standard for me. You know what I mean? Like he, he showed me what I was really looking for. And on top of that, he's a really cool, cool human who I've become very good friends with. And our DS dynamic has ended, but I have a friend for life. And, um, and then also have, a really good idea about what I'm looking for and have not gotten anywhere close. So I, I'm, I'm worried that he's ruined me for all others. Um, <laughs> and he, he would absolutely love to hear me say that. <laughs> um, I'm sure he would. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's a thing. So, so yeah, it's a thing I'm looking for. He also encouraged me to explore my switch nature um, I could never dominate a man. It's not something I'm interested in. It's not, but I could definitely play a dominant role with a woman. And so, you know, that's another another kink on the list to explore that I'm I'm trying to figure out and having fun with. Is your current partner open to that sort of kink exploration, or is that something that is? not within the the scope of your relationship and you're seeking that elsewhere? I mean, we're exploring in our relationship what our limits and boundaries are and what what our dynamic is. But am I looking am I looking for something that I can't get in my current relationship? No. I am just looking for fun and friends and i just turned 45 last week i am happy birthday thank you so much i have a story that you'll like for me. i got <laughs> i got the birthday present of all birthday presents um well let's hear it <laughs> so one of the guys that i'm seeing i went over to his place and he was like i got there and he was like i really wanted to set up a gangbang for your birthday and I was, and I was like, which is something I would definitely enjoy. And, and I was like, well, you, I mean, like where, what, how are you, how are you going to make this happen? And he's like, well, I don't know if I can get a gangbang together, but I know I can at least get you another guy. And so he called a buddy that he knew through the King community. I met this partner on Fed. And so he's kind of been established in the, in my hometown. And he called his buddy. So he's vetted. Yes, yes. 
and he called up a buddy and his buddy came over and we hung out and we had a threesome and it was amazing. It was the first threesome with two guys and I highly recommend it. They're so good. <laughs> Best birthday. It was it was a complete surprise. I wish our listeners could see like the bright smiles on both of your faces right now. <laughs> it's it is truly a thing of beauty to see two people just glowing the way that the two of you currently are. I think that's awesome. And I have one question about your threesome. Sure. Were there high fives involved? <laughs> I don't think they high five. Well, that's a little disappointing. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. Mm-hmm. I I was busy. So, you know, I could have missed it. There's a lot going on in a threesome with there two is, men. I will is. tell you that. There is a lot going on. and But still, it was fun and never-ending. And that was awesome, too. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Well, that's all I have for questions. Dan, do you have any questions for Casey? Yes. Yes, I do. So, I want to go back to the the the... the 10 Days of Tinder, which I think should be an annual tradition mm-hmm. uh, added to most families' holidays. It's going to be the title of my yes. book. Yes, good, good. <laughs> I, I have, I actually have like detailed notes of my 10 Days of Tinder because at some point I think it would be an awesome Well, if book. you would like to do a limited edition or limited series <laughs> podcast about the 10 Days of Tinder, uh, you let me know because I think that would be a lot of fun. Okay, okay, I got you. It wasn't all good. No, it... <laughs> What a boring story it would be if it was. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay, what's your question? <laughs> right. is who, not good. <laughs> who learns from all good things? Exactly. Um, so you waited the six months. You have a therapist that you trust and you work with and gave you some good advice, which nothing is better than a therapist that you trust, I think. Man, mm-hmm. that in itself is a gift. So you, you you come out of your six months in the hole. You you go crazy. Just Just talk a little more about what that felt like the first day two you open tinder you try like were you looking at tinder the whole month before how how'd all of that work i i mean i i've got dates written down like december 21st was the day i had my conversation with my friends and that was the start of 10 days of where tinder. was the conversation we were in a hot tub <laughs> that's better than what i thought <laughs> right this gets better and better <laughs> so you're sitting in a hot tub with it, it, it was it was your lesbian friends, right? Yes. With a couple gals in the hot Correct. tub. How many? How many? You and how many people? Two. Okay. There were three of us in the hot tub. Three gals. This was a friend bath. This was not. Yeah. This was right because you're at the end of your ends of end of your six months. <laughs> All right. So t- continue. Uh. So that was a Monday and Tuesday night. I had my first day, and I I made a Tinder profile that day on Monday or Tuesday. On Monday. Okay. So and were you left the hot tubs, went home, hung out, made my Tinder profile, got it approved by my friends. Did you make the profile by yourself and then send it to your friends? No, we were all sitting around together. Ah, oh, that sounds fun. Was... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I, yeah, it was fun. It was awesome. I'm not sure that they, because they got, because I, I did, I went into frenzy. Like I, I had a fucking crazy year and it was emotional and traumatic and and then I took six months off of just thinking about anybody else other than myself and then my kids were with their dad out of town so that's that's why the 10 days of tinder work that's why summer this summer is with they're with dad this summer 
so I'm just so fun to distract myself from the fact that my kids aren't here. But uh, so yeah, so the 21st, the Monday, I made my profile. Tuesday, I had my first date. Wednesday, my friend was like, "You're not sleeping. What's going on?" <laughs> and uh, and I said, "I will delete Tinder at the end of our Christmas break." And I did for about three days. <laughs> but yeah, I met a lot of people. I established my safety protocols. I had friends who knew where I was going, who I was going to be with, how long I was going to be there. And I had a coded message system that I told the people who I was meeting up with about so that they knew that if they were a serial killer, that they were going to get caught, which is kind of crazy to be like, so I was doing all this stuff and it was kind of dangerous. Um, but, but at the same time. But I think that's part of the, that's part of the exhilaration. That's part of the kink, I think, is the danger. Yeah. Oh aspect. no, my anonymous hookup. A little bit, at least for me. I actually had, oh, this was later. I posted, I posted a, in a group on FET that was just like, I'm looking for anonymous hookup. I just want to get laid tonight. Who's out there? And uh, I had a guy respond to me who said, I have a big, scary rape fan. And I would, <laughs> I would love to fuck you in the back of it. And I was, and my response to him was, most people would be very disturbed by this offer, <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> and I did not actually ever end up hooking up with that guy. Um, Apparently he had some crazy online experience and so it worked out, but it was part of the fun. So like throughout this 10 days of Tinder, I'm talking, I'm texting with the rape fan guy. Listen, consensual non-consent, which is something we could go into in a different episode, but consensual non-consent is. is a thing and it's a very it popular is. thing. It is. I'm a little disappointed you didn't go out with that dude because I just wanted to hear more about his van. I want, I, I still got him. <laughs> In my messages, I, I don't know what happened. Well, but uh, next time you chat with him, I'll come back and tell you about the rape van if it ever happened. Yeah, bring a couple pictures of the van, <laughs> and and the shag carpeting within. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and the license plate in case something were to happen in the future, <laughs> just for safety protocol. Right? I, I really, I've chatted with this guy for a long time. He's just a dude with a van who <laughs> wants to have some fun. Like I. And, and that's what's fun is is my experience has been when I when I get to the point that I'm going to meet somebody and I say okay this is my safety steps one uh, out of all of the guys who I've got close enough to meet up with to tell them what my safety protocols were they all were like we completely understand I have no problem with that I want you to feel safe what can I do to make you feel safe. Um, Except for one guy. One guy just disappeared. And I was like, oh, that, that seemed to work out. The trash puts itself out. So It does. It does. So yeah, it's it's been amazing. I love my life. Living the dream. Yeah, you are living my best life, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> I just like to talk to people that are doing what they want to do. And mm -hmm. making the world better by doing so. So keep it up. I think so. I think so. I think... I'm I'm not doing any harm, and anybody who wants to judge me has more important things to work on because judging me is not their job. I like that. Mm -hmm. And with that, 
Casey, you got a few more minutes to stick around and answer some questions with us? Sure. Yes. Hey, Nassim, I'm a young adult. I don't know when I'll lose my virginity, but I want to be prepared. My problem is that I know I'll probably ejaculate just from seeing my partner's boobs or in general watching my partner get naked. I don't know if you have any advice for this. I know intercourse is not the only important thing, but I would like help with the problem I mentioned. Thanks, Nassim. You don't, I mean, this sounds like a young, <laughs> young, right, you, not an adult. You should really be a little um, older before you listen to this so, show, but now that you're here. <laughs> now that you've joined us. So, um, <laughs> you know, you think that that's going to happen. You think you're going to ejaculate as soon as someone undresses. You may get excited. You're probably going to have a rock hard boner, but highly unlikely that you're actually going to orgasm just from looking at somebody. So I would put that fear out of your mind. One. And two, like, what is, I'm just curious, like, what your experience is with like pornography or any kind of titillating uh, media has done mm -hmm. for you in the past? Has it, what is your response when you see moving pictures versus real life? Like, that's, because, I mean, there's a difference there, and real life isn't all glammed up as it is in the movies, but I, I really don't think you're going to have anything mm -hmm. to worry about. Casey? I have two thoughts. Uh, one is, if you're inexperienced, then share that with your partner, and then play and have fun. And the second thing is practice edging. Like, practice. Just stop yourself over and over. I think that's great advice from the two of you, from a fellow penis haver that once had not seen boobs yet. Man, they're awesome. You might come as soon as you see them. And that's all right. If that happens, the only thing I'm telling you now, the only way to blow it with that person is to be terrified that you just came real super fast and to run out the door. Yeah. If you do that, you've blown it. I'm telling you that now. But if she shows you her boobs and you come right away, and then you go, oh, my God, your moves are awesome. You just made me come. Now let's make out like you're going to have a boner again in 12 seconds. Your refractory period is going to be so short. You're going to be fine. Because you're so young. <laughs> Enjoy the boobs. You're not 45. Right. We can only have one boner a day. <laughs> Enjoy the boobs that you're seeing for the first time. Be excited about them. Be excited for your partner. Be appreciative of your partner. And by God, don't worry. You're going to be able to come again real soon. Like, real, real soon. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't run out the door. Solid advice, Dan. <laughs> Nassim, have you ever had somebody run out the door? Have I ever had anyone run out the door? Yeah. <sighs> when they came early. When they came early? <laughs> it, they didn't run out the door. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like yeah i gotta go <laughs> like okay i think that's i think that's pretty pretty on the nose for running out the door i i you know everybody has had that experience and as a woman like it happens and then the world isn't over so let's yes exactly like dan said let's make out let's play let's let's do something else good. And then whatever happens will happen. Yes. Yes. Man, it's awesome when you see boobs for the first time, dude. You're going to love it. <laughs>
I like boobs. Hell yeah. Hey, Nassim, what body hair is normal on women? So basically, I have tanned white skin and very dark brown hair. This hair is all over my body. I shave my arms, legs, and veg, but I don't know if I should get rid of the rest. From a distance, it doesn't really show, but if someone's looking at me up close or kissing my body, I don't know if it'll be weird or off-putting because I'm hairy. Can you tell me what's normal or expected? So you're talking to somebody who's covered in body hair. Okay, when I came home from the hospital and I was a newborn, they didn't know whether to take me home or take me to the zoo. Okay, like I am like head to toe covered in dark black body hair. And there's no fucking such thing as normal. Okay, so everybody, mm-hmm. every woman, person has different hormone levels, different genetics. Uh, it's mostly genetics um, that affect your hair growth. And in the media and in you know mainstream society, women aren't allowed to have hair, right? Like we're like everything is bald. We're mm-hmm. hairless and perfect and porcelain and all of that. The reality is, is that that's not true. So who cares about the expectation? First of all, also, if you're talking specifically about like, like vaginal hair, pubic hair, right? What's normal, it's all about what's in fashion or what isn't what is trendy at the time. Because 40 years ago, a full natural bush was considered sexy. And then 20 years ago, you know, having a bald, bald vagina was in and these things ebb and flow, but who cares about what's in fashion, right? What are you comfortable with? What is your body doing? How do you feel sexiest? What is going to make you comfortable? And if your partner doesn't like your body hair, I'm sorry, fuck them. Like, (laughs) not, it's not, he's not for you. So, or stop um, fucking them. Or more more aptly, stop fucking him. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is something I'm actually very passionate about because I do have, Same. like I said, a lot of body hair. And it has taken me basically since I was 11 years old until now to come to terms with that and be okay with my level of body hair. And are there some times where I'm a little bit more okay, I have a wedding to go to or something. Maybe I'll wax my back <laughs> or whatever um, for, as an extreme example. But like on the everyday, it doesn't really matter. And if there's a person who wants to fuck you, they want to fuck you. It doesn't matter what your body hair is. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Absolutely. I I love your passion for this, Nassim, because I feel the exact same way. I, I don't have a great deal of body hair, but like, I feel very strongly that body hair is purposeful. I feel like everybody, everybody's shaving today and fucking, I hate it. Like I am a very tactile person. I am a very touchy person and body hair is just something that feels so good and protects your sensitive parts. I'm also in my 40s, and when you turn 40, you just the fucks that you have left to give are absolutely <laughs> gone. I highly recommend it to all of the people in the world who are not yet 40. Um, my friends and I absolutely just were like, the 30s are over. Are we getting old? No, fuck that. 40s are it. Yeah, so so I have all of my body hair and have had 10 days of Tinder. And six months of just fun. (laughs) 
But at the same time, whatever you want to do is okay. And there are, I feel like, I feel like today in all kinds of ways um, in society, the opportunity to be who you are and do what you want on any level, you know, so like there's an entire spectrum of body hair perspectives. And if you want to shave or, or be bald, do it. And if you want to have a full bush and leg hair and armpit hair, do it and guarantee, especially for women, you're not going to have any problem finding somebody who and like, and depending also, partners have different preferences, right? So mm-hmm. as someone who has multiple partners, I have one partner who prefers me to have a full bush. He loves natural hair. I have another partner who prefers completely bald. I have a partner who loves the fact that I have fuzzy arms. Like that was one of the first things he said to me on my on our first date was, oh, your arm hair is so sexy. Like, so... I have all these multiple partners with multiple interests and preferences. So guess what I do? Whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> like, How am I going to feel most comfortable in my body? Because however you are mm-hmm. most comfortable is what's going to make you sexy. It's not what your body looks like. It's your attitude. 100%. It's your confidence. Yes. And I don't know how to teach that because so many people need that and it's just whoever you are and whatever you want it's okay we've been ingrained find your people i think as a society it's been ingrained in us that we have to perform and look and behave a certain kind of way to attract a mate of some kind but those are old and antiquated ideas i believe i agree and i think it's people like you you know maybe this podcast that can help change those norms absolutely hey nasim Is sex as good as it sounds? I'm a virgin, so I want to know if sex feels as good as people make it out to be. Yes. Next question. Yes. (laughs) No, I mean, it all depends. But it takes practice. It takes practice. It's not good the first time. Was it good the first time for you? It's never good the first time. Okay, see, it's never good the first time. No. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. So. Mine was great. Super fast, but great. (laughs) (laughs) It takes practice. It takes knowing your body. It takes what makes great Mm -hmm. sex is having education and understanding how your body works and what brings you pleasure. You can't depend on another person to provide you something if you don't even know what that something is. So sex is wonderful and it does feel really good, but it can not be really good. But that's if you can't advocate for yourself and your own your own pleasure it's play it is just a way for us to experience other people in a really fun way and if you're worried it's gonna suck if you're not willing to be silly um it's gonna suck but uh it's awesome yeah i like those answers here here Hey, Nassim, is it normal to have sexual fantasies that you wouldn't feel comfortable actually doing in real life? I have this fantasy of being cuckled, but like, I would never feel comfortable actually doing that with my partner. I couldn't emotionally handle something like that in real life, but the idea of it is really hot. I don't know. I feel kind of gross and weird. Nope. Not gross and weird at all. I know that there have been things that I haven't, like, I haven't necessarily fantasized about, but it's like come across my mind and I'm like, Oh, that's exciting. But would I do it? 
no fucking way. And I think that that's pretty normal. I think that there are a lot of things that people think about but don't do because of shame or for whatever reason, or it's not like societally accepted. The thing to remember is you as a person are not your kink. You as a person are not your fantasy. You don't have to be unless that is your thing to like be that way forever for 24 seven. But like, I guess what I'm trying to say is your actions define what you do, not necessarily your thoughts. And if it's something you're uncomfortable with, one, I don't think you need to feel like, oh, well, I'm having these thoughts. That means I have to act on them. I, I'm having this kink. I want to be cuckolded. Does that mean I have to act on them? No, it's just it's just something you find hot in your fantasy, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything in real life. At the same time, I just want to add, if you're interested in exploring whether it just be through porn or whether it be through uh, community, every fantasy that you can think of out there, there are people exploring. When it comes to exploring, as long as everybody's on board, or as long as consent is obvious, as long as no harm is done, it's it's somebody's doing it. You can explore a cuckold fantasy without sitting on the couch with your hands tied, watching your girlfriend be triple teamed. Like, sure, you can enjoy talking about fantasies with each other while the two of you are having sex. You could have her talk about the pretend guy she met at the gas station and. You know, he had a giant cock and he railed her in the bathroom. You can make all of that up and just have some play to explore together without jumping all the way into the deep end and watching her get spit roasted, if that's not what you want to see. Yeah, it's not an all or nothing thing. None of this is, no matter what your kink is, no matter what your fantasy is, just because you have a thought doesn't mean that, like Dan said, you're jumping into the deep end. There are ways to explore said fantasies. There's a ways to explore being cuckolded without actually being cuckolded. So find community, figure it out, have fun, be safe. And with that, well, shit, we're over an hour. This was awesome. So great. Casey, you are fantastic. Yes. Thank you so much, Casey, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Kind of jealous of the experience you've had. (laughs) (laughs) It's been awesome. Well, Nassim, you want to sign us off? I do. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Can you do that one more time with some enthusiasm? I know you're exhausted. That was enthusiastic. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try it once more. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Have everybody have a safe and happy weekend, and we'll see you next week. Why are you yelling at us? Nassim wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. Terrible Sex with Nassim is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.